You're listening to Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, everyone, on this Saturday afternoon, a snowy, snowy Saturday afternoon in New York City. Great to be back with you. Uh, Not sure the last time I was here, but had Dan Grasa on before. Good to hear his voice back on Saturday mornings in his normal slot. The football season is over. Spring training is underway and especially in light of the fact that it is snow-covered outside, depending on where you are. It's snow-covered outside for me right now, and it looks pristine if I do say so. Nice little snowfall overnight and this morning. Uh, It's a wonderful time to be thinking about the start of the baseball season and spring training and sunny skies and blue skies down in Florida and looking ahead cautiously optimistic for both of New York's teams, more so the Yankees than the Mets, but there's reason for optimism for the Mets as well. Look, the one thing we know in Major League Baseball, more than probably any sport these days except for the NFL, the one thing I think we've seen in recent years is that there's always at least one and oftentimes more than one team that comes out of nowhere and is a huge surprise over the course of the 162-game season. I mean, last year, off the top of my head, the Texas Rangers, who saw them doing what they did and winning the World Series? The Baltimore Orioles were a team that was thought to be on the rise coming into last year, but who saw them going out and dominating the regular season and dominating the American League East the way that they did? Um, You usually get a couple of those teams in Major League Baseball. It would be nice, and look, the economics and the size of the market and really the history of the Yankees and the Mets doesn't always lead to the Yankees or Mets being one of those surprise teams. But if if there's a year that they could exceed expectations, I think it's this year. Because the expectations are not overly high for either team. For the Mets, the pitching staff is a huge question mark, as it is for the Yankees, but more so for the Mets, as they started last season overly reliant on Hall of Fame pitchers towards the end of their careers that didn't pan out last year due to either injury or underperformance, or in some cases, Max Scherzer, both of those factors. And then for the Yankees, yes, they do have the best pitcher in Major League Baseball, but a lot of question marks behind Garrett Cole coming into this season. You know, maybe for the Yankees, it's because the expectations don't seem to be as high. I think in recent years, the Yankee fan has gotten beaten down a little bit because every year it's kind of the same old thing for the Yankees. They have their core of high-priced, at one point in their careers, talented players. They come into the season. The offense underperforms. There's a key injury or two. And by 30 to 50 games in, your entire season is overly reliant on two guys. It's overly reliant on the health of Aaron Judge, and it's overly reliant on the performance of Garrett Cole and baseball is like that one sport where you can't have two guys even if they're both at the top of their games 
You can't have two guys that are at the top of the sport without some support around them and expect to be a winning organization. I mean, you look at the Yankees right now coming into this season. What do they have on paper? And it's all on paper right now. But they have two of the best five hitters in baseball. I I don't think that's overstating it. With Juan Soto added to Aaron Judge. Name me five guys that are better hitters than both of them. And in Soto's case, in the prime of his career, the absolute prime of his career. And you also have, as I said earlier, the best pitcher in Major League Baseball in Garrett Cole. But there are a lot of other question marks. And for the Yankees, the the key is going to be to get over that early season hump where it seems like every single year in April, in May, last year it bled into June and really it bled throughout the entire season, which took a turn when Anthony Rizzo was injured and stopped hitting at the end of May. Um, But the, the Yankees offense constantly seems to be in a malaise in recent years. And you had some good performances at times last year from guys like DJ LeMahieu. His second half of the season showed some promise there. And as expected, the spring training comments from Aaron Boone and others down in Tampa are really pumping up what LeMahieu did the second half of last season. You had actually a pretty solid year from Glaber Torres. Look, on paper, the Yankees lineup especially with Juan Soto in there. And I'm going to add Alex Verdugo, more in terms of the fact that he's a left-handed hitter than the fact that he is a high-level player. He's a fine player. He's probably a little bit above average. But sometimes a little bit above average, if you're bringing the right things to a situation, sometimes that's good enough. You know, Verdugo's not coming in here to bat third. He's not coming in here to anchor the lineup. In fact, if Verdugo was a right-handed hitter, there probably wouldn't be much need for him at all or any excitement for him at all to be here. But the additions of those two guys, obviously Soto is the headliner because Soto brings with him every single aspect of a hitter that the Yankees have had in the last 15 to 20 years and even beyond that. Every single aspect of a hitter that the Yankees have had in their lineup when they were at their most successful. That's what Soto brings. And for the Yankees, it has always started with the on-base percentage and the ability to get on base. Add to that the fact that you need more balance in your lineup from the left side of the plate with Soto and with Alex Verdugo. And just those two things alone, I think... If these guys are in the lineup on a day-in, day-out basis, are going to make a huge difference. I mean, there is no question about it. And I was listening to the end of Dan's show, and it was a good comparison he made. And I didn't know the player, if you caught the comparison between Soto and Carlos Beltran. I didn't know the player that Dan was talking about when he asked if... If Soto comes out, plays 150 games, hits 266 with 16 homers and 78 RBIs, would the Yankee fan accept that? And I'm off air screaming, absolutely not. I heard Joe Leo screaming on air, capital N-O. But it's funny to think back, considering what Beltran became in New York, that that was his first season. 
But the difference here, one of the many differences here, is that Soto is in a walk year of his contract, and he's playing for his next huge contract, which I think could end up being one of the biggest contracts in the history of the sport. So for where he is right now, first of all, it's hard to believe if Juan Soto plays 150 games. It's almost impossible for me to believe that if he plays basically a full season, that he won't get more than 16 home runs and 78 RBIs. I mean, he's coming in here to anchor this lineup, to be on base all the time, to form just an absolutely murderous one-two combination with Soto and Aaron Judge, but they can't do it themselves. You know, Stanton, two years ago, was an all-star in the all-star game most valuable player, and then he basically went away for a year and a half, okay? And then last year, he was a non-factor, Last year in the first half of the season when the Yankees were losing their grip on everything, DJ LeMahieu was a non-factor. LeMahieu is a hugely important player in this lineup right now because you have Judge and you have Soto. You have Soto and you have Judge right behind the leadoff hitter. And if that's occupied by DJ LeMahieu, you need somebody to get on base in front of them. And if he can continue his arc from the second half of last season, now with this added punch behind him, that's going to make all the difference. But with the Yankees right now, and this is what kind of frustrates you as a fan. And I think the Yankee fan, they don't seem to be as loud in their criticisms of the team so far this offseason. I don't know. Maybe it's too early in spring training for people to be focusing in on what the Yankees actually are. Maybe it's the fact that despite their four-game losing streak overall, the Knicks have been a really good story. You've got the Rangers in first place. You've got the NFL season having just ended with a terrific Super Bowl. So maybe the attention of the baseball fan in New York hasn't squarely focused on their team yet, but I just get a sense that there's not as much anger or there's not as much outrage or dismay from the Yankee fan to their team projected onto their team as there has been in recent years. And maybe that'll change within a week. Maybe that'll change with the first update that Carlos Rodon, and I'm using this as an example. I am not reporting this. Carlos Rodon is going to have to rest uh, for two weeks because of a shoulder injury. The first report or alert we get for something like that, maybe everything will change. But for now, I think the expectations are not there. And that is, number one, a rarity in the Yankees universe. And number two, maybe not the worst thing for this team. I mean, it's hard for the Yankees to fly beneath the radar when A, they're the Yankees, and B, they have Aaron Judge, and they have Garrett Cole, and now they've added Juan Soto to the mix. I mean, those are three of the biggest and brightest stars in the entire sport that they have anchoring their team. But I think the frustration for the Yankee fan is the, the knee-jerk reaction is to call, and we've had many of these calls over the years, and the knee-jerk reaction is to call and say the team needs to spend more money. They spend more money than practically every franchise in the sport on their roster, unfortunately, and this goes back to a point that I and others have been making now for years, and John Carlos Stanton is the biggest example of this. They have spent the money. Unfortunately, it has not been spent in the wisest manner.
So you look at the team with one of the highest payrolls in baseball, and you look at all of these question marks coming into the season. Can you get a full year out of Nestor Cortez? Can he return to his all-star form? Can you get anything out of Carlos Rodon? Can Clark Schmidt, who was a really solid number four starter last year, can he replicate that? Because if you have Cole and you have Cortez and you have Rodon returning to their previous forms, and I'll add Marcus Stroman into the mix there, then what you got from Clark Schmidt last year, if you can get that again, you would sign for that in a second. Does Juan Soto come to New York and continue his career trajectory, or does he struggle a little bit in his first season in New York that we have seen many, many star baseball players do, such as the example that Dan Grasa gave in Carlos Beltran, such as Tino Martinez, such as Jason Giambi. I know I'm going back a ways, but it has happened in New York, and it's happened so often in New York that you tend to think that maybe it's a little bit more than just a convenient coincidence. Who's going to... Uh, Get the ball in the ninth inning and close out games. Probably Clay Holmes. Holmes started last season okay. And then when the Yankees, and he had some shaky appearances, and then when the Yankees started to fall back and there was not as much pressure on each and every game because it was clear that the Yankees weren't playing for a playoff position, then Holmes' numbers were terrific. Well, that to me is a bit of a red flag. Because when the pressure is not as great, he performs better. The best closers in the sport have to be at their best when the pressure is greatest. And while he has the stuff and he has shown a propensity to be successful over long stretches of time, he tends to struggle when the games are the most meaningful for the Yankees. So with all this money that's being spent and has been spent, you've got question marks all over the lineup. But guess what? That's Major League Baseball these days. You know, the economics of the sport have, you know, spiraled is a tough word, but they've gone so far and above what they used to be with the contracts that are being handed out, $700 million, et cetera, et cetera, that teams throughout the sport are in positions where every single team enters the season with a certain amount of holes or a certain amount of question marks. What separates the winning teams from the disappointing teams, what separates the playoff teams from the teams that finish 82 and 80, for example, like the Yankees did last season, is how are those question marks going to be answered? You know, you can, if healthy, count on getting what you generally get from Cole and from Judge and from Soto. This season is going to hinge on the performance of everyone else. You know, from Cortez and Rodon and Stroman to Holmes and the rest of that bullpen to Torres and LeMahieu and Trevino and Austin Wells behind the plate. That is where this Yankees season is going to be decided. So it's an uncertain feeling. It's an uneasy feeling. I, I get the sense right now that it's not an angry feeling from the fans, at least not now. You're listening to Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN. Well, Ty Butler afternoon. We'll have to try and get him on the last segment. Haven't, uh, haven't spoken with Ty since we hosted the case show together the last week of 2023. You guys still on speaking terms after all that spirited, uh, debates over, um, he was, I remember we got into one interesting debate 
where uh, he was pushing for the Knicks to play Emmanuel quickly more, and I was pro R.J. Barrett. So I guess uh, we can call that a, a wash. How times have changed, huh? <laughs> it wasn't that long ago either. Uh, we'll talk about the Knicks. Um, it's really a stretch run of the season for them coming back, and these injuries are really starting to become an issue. Excited to see Jalen Brunson on center stage tonight. I'm going to have some thoughts on that a little bit later on, but let's stay with the baseball theme. Uh, we'll hear some reaction from the Yanks and the Mets down in spring training. 1-800-919-3776. Let's open the phones. Let's start things off with Bobby and Belmore. Bobby, how you doing today? Yeah, hi. How are you? Uh, listen, uh, there are two, three, or four starters. Made 53 starts for the Yankees last year with a 5 ERA. Uh, you know, Rodan, forget his arm shoulder injuries, and, it's, and we know he's a head case, but he's the guy actually admitted he had a chronic back issue. I mean, and, you know, Cortez had two rotator cuff strains, hasn't been healthy since the 2022 ACLS, and he's more likely to have shoulder surgery than have a bounce back year. And Stroman hasn't thrown 140 innings the last two years. He had a, an eight ER rating the last 11 starts. And Schmidt, you talk about Schmidt, but Schmidt didn't even perform that well either. He had a second half of an ERA of five. So, you know, you know I, I don't see, you know, maybe if two of these three tough, you know, two of these three things happen, you know, they get their act together, then maybe the Yankees will, will you know, be successful in the playoffs. But I don't see them going anywhere. In the, I think they'll get in, but I don't think they're going to go anywhere in the playoffs with this pitching shift the way it's constructed as of now. Well, here's the thing. If you think they're going to get in, and that's a big if, Bobby. They could, but I could just as easily see them not getting in. But when you're talking about, you know, you kind of went through the entire rotation. When you're talking about getting into the playoffs, you start off with the guy who right now is the best pitcher in baseball. Although, Garrett Cole's track record in the postseason is still a little bit spotty. And then you're talking about the two, three, four, and five starters. Let, let's stop when you're talking in postseason terms. Let's stop at number three. All right, he makes a fair point. Every I can't argue with what he said about Rodon, about Stroman, about Cortez, even about Clark Schmidt. But that's the ultimate pessimistic view, right there, right? That he's assuming, like his his logic for the Yankees not going anywhere is if all of those things with those four starters go wrong again. You know, Stroman, he's saying Stroman pitches like the second half Stroman last year with the 8 ERA as opposed to the first half Stroman, who was an all-star with the Cubs. He's saying that Nestor Cortez, once again, his arm doesn't hold up, and he's unable to give the Yankees a full season. He's saying that Rodon is the disaster of 2023, his first season with the Yankees, as opposed to the guy who was one of the best pitchers in baseball in 2021 and 2022, who... The Yankees signed to a $162 million contract. He's saying that Clark Schmidt is going to be a guy pitching to close to a 5 ERA. I don't know that all five of those things, all, all of those things are going to happen. Um, you know, if you get a bounce back from Stroman, if you get a bounce back from Rodon, and if Clark Schmidt, and, and he, the Clark Schmidt piece is this. I was not sitting here saying that Clark Schmidt should have been a Cy Young Award candidate last season. What I was saying that if the guys ahead of him who are being compensated for doing so, Stroman, Cortez, Rodon, and Cole, if those guys pitch to their abilities or in the neighborhood of what you would expect from them, then what you got from Clark Schmidt last year is fine. Clark Schmidt was a very adequate 
number five starter. That's the nature of Major League Baseball. Now, you don't have, you know, the, what was the best Yankees pitching rotation? You know, 98-99, that era where you would have Clemens and El Duque and Andy Pettit and David Cohn. And, you know, your fifth starter was a Hideki Arabu, who, uh, you know, that might not be a good example because people don't have the, the best remembrances of Arabu. But after he got over his initial stuff for a couple of seasons, Arabu was a serviceable pitcher. And especially he was a number five starter. He was more than adequate. You don't have that in Major League Baseball anymore. The economics of the game, the finances of the game don't allow for that type of starting pitching depth anymore. And more so, when you talk about a number five starter in your rotation, how many innings is that guy really going to pitch with the prominence of the bullpens in the sport? Let's hear from some of the key principles of the Yankees down at spring training. The big thing is, and look, our last caller just kind of illustrated what I've been saying. The tricky thing for the Yankees this season is every sentence seemingly begins with the word if. Even Aaron Judge. Now, you know that Aaron Judge, if he's on the field, and there I said the word again, is going to perform. You know what he is when he's playing. But with Aaron Judge, it always has to be led off with if he is able to stay healthy. Up and down the Yankees roster. That roster was constructed, of course, by general manager Brian Cashman, who's still here. Manager Aaron Boone is still here. Here's Cashman down in Tampa talking about how the Yankees have to be better at avoiding injuries. No one wants to go back to 23, and the only way to, to put 23 behind us is to is you know have a double down focus on 24. Obviously, that's with imports, improving the roster, but putting yourself in a better position to withstand injuries and you know rethink a lot of different things, and, and both individually and collectively. So I think we've we certainly try to do that. But that's even if you're coming off of a successful year, you're you're, you're supposed to be doing that too. But ultimately, uh, I do think last year we we wound up in a bad position early in, in some cases in other cases just happenstance but some injuries I think were probably brought on by you know maybe not being in the best position to start another is other injuries like judges in right field and in Dodger Stadium or because of game competition so Aaron Boone talking about the injury issues as well and the importance of trying to keep his guys healthy this year it's definitely something that we've, you know, I think, look, I think it's, I think it's the whole industry that's trying to crack that code of keeping guys healthy. And certainly we are heavily invested in that. I, I do feel like, I actually feel like we've made strides in how we do things over the last few years. It hasn't necessarily showed up in, with, with some certain guys and results, but I do feel like we're on higher ground now than we were even at different times last year. I do feel like there's things that we can do this year that hopefully give us a higher percent chance of keeping guys healthy. The other thing is this, and you have to examine everything in the proper context. The American League East, and I think Yankees fans, and the Yankees were big contributors to this, but for the most part, over the last decade plus, the American League, uh, American League East has been a behemoth. I mean, you've had the Yankees and the Red Sox always contending, winning 90-plus games, it seems, most years. 
In recent seasons, the Toronto Blue Jays have become at least an offensive juggernaut and have contended for playoff berths. The Tampa Bay Rays always seem to do more with less. You know, for years, the one thing you could count on in the division was the Orioles being at the bottom of the division, and right now they're the top team in the division. But as you're looking at things in the American League East coming into the year, the only team that seems to be significantly ahead of everyone else is the Orioles after they won 101 games last year. Tampa Bay, they lost a lot, but you're always leery of counting them out because they seem to lose a lot every single year, and yet they win 95, 98, 99 games as they did last season. I don't think the Toronto Blue Jays are better. The Boston Red Sox were behind the Yankees last year, and they haven't made significant improvements. So the American League East, as you look at it, is not the top-heavy division that I think we're used to. It's more wide open than it has been in recent memory. And that is part of what could give you some optimism for the Yankees this season. Um We'll hear from a couple of their pitchers, Garrett Cole and Marcus Stroman, their thoughts as they are down in Tampa for spring training. We'll hear some um, for the Mets' new manager, Carlos Mendoza, also in more of your calls at 1-800-919-3776 here on 98.7 ESPN New York. You know I love you, Patty. Can I call you Patty? You cannot. You're listening to Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN. During the break... Joe Leo Harvey and I on the uh, ESPN bet, the over-under numbers for the Yankees and the Mets and all of Major League Baseball win totals this coming season. Mets are 82.5 is their over-under. The Yankees is 93.5. And, and, and Joe, what did you say they were to make the playoffs? To make the playoffs, they're minus 350. Minus 350, wow. Are you surprised by that? To make the playoffs... No, but what I am surprised about, uh, Judge and Soto are the basically co-favorites to win the American League MVP. And there's only three other teams in baseball with better odds to win the World Series. So I don't know if I agree with that based off of last year because there's a lot of ifs still to be answered. And if Judge and Soto have a great year, nothing's promised. Look at the Angels. They never made it over 500 with Otani and Trout, ever. So a lot's going to be placed on the shoulders of Juan Soto, Marcus Stroman, maybe you know some of these no-name bullpen guys that we have. So, And I don't know if Aaron Boone's the guy to get it done. Sorry, but they've regressed since he's gotten here. Is that fair? It's, well... Yeah, I think it's fair. How I would say it is during – and what year is this for him? This is, he was here in 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So this is his seventh year. And I've said this many times. Aaron Boone, the, the Yankees during his time here, they – I haven't seen much evidence that they play better because he's their manager. You know, he's fine. And in, in many ways, that's what managers – in baseball are today. That's kind of what the role has devolved into. But that's not the case everywhere. That wasn't the case two years ago when Buck Showalter led the Mets to 101 wins. That wasn't the case last year when Bruce Bochy came off of his couch 
after he had been retired for several years, and now all of a sudden the Texas Rangers are the World Series champs. And I said this last season, and I will repeat it now. Why can't the Yankees, with all of their vast resources and their position in this game as a franchise and their importance to the sport, why can't the Yankees have one of those guys? Why do the Rays get one of those guys and Kevin Cash and the Rangers get one of those guys and Bruce Bochy? But the Yankees and, and, you know, the Guardians had one of those guys and Terry Francona, but the Yankees can't. You know, Boone is fine. You know, he doesn't. I mean, what, what, makes a ba- what makes a manager really bad? You know, bungling the lineup card like Mickey Calloway did? Um, you know, what, what constitutes a bad manager? You know, the Yankees, are, they're, they're, if you look at Boone's record, and I understand he, you know, he's manager of the Yankees with the highest payroll in baseball, so his record should be well above 500, and it is. He's fine. But I've never seen evidence that the Yankees overperform because of Aaron Boone. And, and here's the thing. This is, for me, the first time, I would say since 2017, which was the last year before Boone got here. This is the first time since then where, at least to me, it feels like the expectations are not super high. But then I look, and we just looked on ESPN Bet, and the Yankees over-under is 93.5, which is, is that the highest over-under Win total in the AL East. Where where is Baltimore in this? No, that's the highest. Baltimore is at ninety one and a half. So. Yeah, so so the Yankees, according to that, now you you got to factor in the Yankees bump, just like the Dallas Cowboys bump, just like the Los Angeles Lakers bump. You know, the franchises with the biggest fan bases tend to get in things like this a one or two game bump because there's so many of their fans and they're always gonna hammer the over. So you want to pump it up a little bit to even things out. But even still. Take the bump out of it and knock them down to 91 and a half. For people to look at the Yankees and the Orioles and think that they have an equal shot to win the division, that surprises me. That being said, the expectation for this Yankees team should be to make the playoffs because they have the best pitcher in baseball. They have two of the best five hitters in baseball. Their lineup is longer and more well-balanced this season. Because of the moves that they've made in the offseason, and I like the moves. I like, obviously, Soto. I like Verdugo. I think that's going to be more of a factor than it's being given credit for. I like Trent Grisham being a part of the outfield rotation. The starting pitching rotation, you know, Marcus Stroman, for what they got him for and when they got him, look, they had already made their big move with Juan Soto at that point there weren't a lot of robust options to add depth to your starting rotation. So for what they got him for and what else was available, I think that move is fine. So I think the Yankees did a lot to improve their roster in the offseason. That being said, if this is another 82-80 and season where they're not in playoff contention in September or an 83-79 and season, as bad as last year was and Garrett Cole called it a disaster, this would be much more of a disaster if... With this roster, the Yankees have the same type of season as they did last year. So the expectations are and should be for this team to make the playoffs. You're listening to Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN. During the break, Joe Leo Harvey and I on the uh, ESPN bet, the over-under numbers for the Yankees and the Mets and all of Major League Baseball win totals this coming season. Mets are 82 and a half is their over under. 
The Yankees is 93 and a half. And, and Joe, what did you say they were to make the playoffs? To make the playoffs, they're minus 350. Minus 350. Wow. Are you surprised by that? To make the playoffs, no. But what I am surprised about, uh, Judge and Soto are the basically co-favorites to win the American League MVP. And there's only three other teams in baseball with better odds to win the World Series. So I don't know if I agree with that based off of last year because there's a lot of ifs still to be answered. And if Judge and Soto have a great year, nothing's promised. Uh, Look at the Angels. They never made it over 500 with Otani and Trout, ever. So a lot's going to be placed on the shoulders of... Juan Soto, Marcus Stroman, maybe, you know, some of these no-name bullpen guys that we have. So, and I don't know if Aaron Boone's the guy to get it done. Sorry, but they've regressed since he's gotten here. Is that fair? It's, well, yeah, I think it's fair. How I would say it is during, and what year is this for him? This is, he was here in 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So this is his seventh year. And I've said this many times, Aaron Boone, the the Yankees during his time here, they, I haven't seen much evidence that they play better because he's their manager. You know, he's fine, and in in many ways, that's what managers in baseball are today. That's kind of what the role has devolved into. But that's not the case everywhere. That wasn't the case two years ago when Buck Showalter led the Mets to 101 wins. That wasn't the case last year when Bruce Bochy came off of his couch after he had been retired for several years, and now all of a sudden the Texas Rangers are the World Series champs. And I said this last season, and I will repeat it now. Why can't the Yankees, with all of their vast resources and their position in this game as a franchise and their importance to the sport why can't the Yankees have one of those guys why do the Rays get one of those guys and Kevin Cash and the Rangers get one of those guys and Bruce Bochy but the Yankees and and, you know the Guardians had one of those guys and Terry Francona but the Yankees can't you know Boone is fine you know he doesn't I mean what what makes a what makes a manager really bad you know bungling the lineup card like Mickey Calloway did um, you know, what, what constitutes a bad manager? You know, the Yankees, are, they're, they're, if you look at Boone's record, and I understand he, you know, he's manager of the Yankees with the highest payroll in baseball, so his record should be well above 500, and it is. He's fine. But I've never seen evidence that the Yankees overperform because of Aaron Boone. And, and here's the thing. This is, for me, The first time, I would say since 2017, which was the last year before Boone got here. This is the first time since then where, at least to me, it feels like the expectations are not super high. But then I look, and we just looked on ESPN Bet, and the Yankees over-under is 93.5, which is, is that the highest over-under win total in the AL East? Where where is Baltimore in this? No, that's the highest. Baltimore is at 91.5. So so the Yankees, according to that, now you got to factor in the Yankees bump just like the Dallas Cowboys bump, just like the Los Angeles Lakers bump. You know, the franchises with the biggest fan bases tend to get in things like this a one- or two-game bump because there's so many of their fans, and they're always going to hammer the over. So you want to pump it up a little bit to even things out. But even still, 
take the bump out of it and knock them down to 91.5. For people to look at the Yankees and the Orioles and think that they have an equal shot to win the division, that surprises me. That being said, the expectation for this Yankees team should be to make the playoffs because they have the best pitcher in baseball. They have two of the best five hitters in baseball. Their lineup is longer and more well-balanced this season because of the moves that they've made in the offseason. And I like the moves. I like, obviously, Soto. I like Verdugo. I think that's going to be more of a factor than it's being given credit for. I like Trent Grisham being a part of the outfield rotation. The starting pitching rotation, you know, Marcus Stroman for what they got him for and when they got him. Look, they had already made their big move with Juan Soto. At that point, there weren't a lot of robust options to add depth to your starting rotation. So for what they got him for and what else was available, I think that move is fine. So I think the Yankees did a lot to improve their roster in the offseason. That being said, if this is another 82-80 and 80 season where they're not in playoff contention in September or an 83-79 and 79 season, as bad as last year was and Garrett Cole called it a disaster, this would be much more of a disaster if with this roster the Yankees have the same type of season as they did last year. So the expectations are and should be for this team to make the playoffs.